Hi, and welcome. You're listening to the Stories from a Quest to Live Happier podcast, and I'm your host, Nancy Jane Smith. I'm a licensed professional counselor, and in this podcast, I share my stories and my lessons I've learned and I continue to learn on my quest to live happier. This podcast is produced every week, and the show notes can be found at live-happier.com backslash podcast. And this is episode 23 called There Is No Right Way. So let's get into the show. Hey there, welcome back. I'm sorry I missed last week. I was actually on vacation enjoying some warmth and beach time in Florida with my family and um, and did not do a podcast. So I'm down a week, but I'm back again. And this week I'm just going to chat a little bit about the concept of there is no right way. And I find this a lot when I'm doing teachings and working with clients on, on fixing a specific specific behavior. And one of the big ones is setting boundaries. And I find that you know, setting boundaries is a big part of living happier and learning how to do that is a big way that we live happier and reduce stress because when we have good boundaries in place, it decreases our stress, it decreases our resentment, and it helps us just be happier people, <laughs> living happier. So um, when I'm teaching people about how to set boundaries, there is no right way to set a boundary. And so it's a hard one to teach because there's a people want to learn the A plus B plus C concept of teaching boundaries. Here are the steps you have to take in order to teach about in order to set a boundary. So it's super clear that I'm going to immediately know when I need to set a boundary. I'm going to know how to set a boundary. I'm going to be able to have that conversation and have it go really smoothly. And then I'm going to be able to reset the boundary if I need to. As soon as I learn the formula A plus B plus C, poof, it'll be great. And that doesn't happen, unfortunately. And and boundaries is a great example because it's a messy process and it's individualized and each situation is individualized. And so it's a hard one to really learn A plus B plus C. And I have a great example of that that happened earlier this week. I teach a class. It's an intense group called The Deep Dive. And we have a Facebook group. And one of the things we do is we meet for a teleseminar once a month. And so this month we're meeting this week we're meeting, excuse me, and I uh, messed up the time. So I thought the time was at 7 and it turned out it was at 6.30. So I posted the information about the teleseminar on our Facebook group and said, 7 o'clock, see you there, here's the information. And someone chimed in and said, oh, I thought it was at 6.30. And I chimed back and said, oh, well, if, you know, do we need to move it to 6.30? Is 7 work better? What are people thinking? And another participant chimed in and said, 7 works better for me. So... I went along with that just fine, figuring we were going to do it at 7. Meanwhile, the client who had said, is it at 6.30, called me and said, I have something at 7.30, like it has to be 6.30, I can't make the the 7 o'clock time because I have to leave and hit hit my 7.30 appointment. So I immediately started feeling, feeling triggered because I messed up the time. I'm the one that failed. I'm supposed to be the leader of this group. I'm supposed to have this all together. I'm supposed to be clear and concise and, and not mess up. One of my um, inner critics is a perfectionist. And so my perfectionist is going bananas that here I'm not only the leader of this group, so I'm supposed to know how to handle all situations perfectly. Um, I messed up a time and that was a pretty big deal. So I suggested that the client post again on Facebook, hey, you know, I have telling the group that she requested the 630 time. Fortunately, the 
trauma (laughs) or the problem ended just fine. The woman who had said she liked the seven o'clock time chimed in and said, that's totally fine. Let's just make this easy on Nancy and go back to the 630 time because she's, you know, getting stressing out and trying to make all of us happy. And it really was an awesome lesson for everyone that, you know, there is no right way. And when I chimed back in at the the last post that I put on Facebook was to say the time is at 6.30. And this is a great example of where we're all learning, you know, there isn't a right way to do this. There was that was a messy situation. And there was no right way other than owning, hey, I messed up and I picked the wrong time. Knowing that I did that, how can we fix this and make this go a little smoother? And I think that's really the crux of living happier is just really being honest with ourselves that and authentic that this is what's happening right in front of us. This is, this is, this is what's happening. And it's something I'm trying to implement more in my life personally and teaching it professionally is just kind of accepting what is and accepting that this is what's happening right now. Right now, I'm in a really bad mood and I don't want to be. Right now, setting this boundary is really hard and I don't know what to do next. And recognizing there is no right way. There's no right way to set the boundary. There's no right mood I need to be in. There's no right feeling I need to be having right now. This is what's happening. This is the truth of what's happening in my life. And when we can just own that truth, we can feel better. And so when I owned the truth to the group of, hey, I'm not perfect. I may be leading this class and and teaching this deep dive program, but I don't know everything 100%. And that's hard to admit that, you know, that authenticity can be hard to just say, I don't know here. And I think that that is the one lesson that really is the crux of living happier is recognizing, I don't know. I don't know what the right way is here. And that's okay. Being uncomfortable in the being comfortable in the uncomfortable, being comfortable in the uncomfortable is the key to living happier because life is uncomfortable and learning this stuff is hard. You know, getting in there and figuring out where we need to set a boundary and where we need to speak up for ourselves and where we're people pleasing and where our perfectionism is getting in the way can be challenging and and complicated and messy. And so recognizing that um, I don't know is okay is really step one, is just recognizing I may not know how to do this and that's okay. There is no right way. And let me go back to the stuff I know and the stuff I can implement right now. So yeah, if I could go back and redo the timing of that um, class and get the time right and figure it out and not just hurry to post the thing on Facebook, but actually check the time and make sure it was actually seven and not six thirty. Yeah, life would be a lot easier. But I didn't do that, so I need to move on and and work with what I have, and be honest with where I am. And I think that that radical honesty of recognizing there is no right way. I messed up, or I'm not feeling the way I want to be feeling right now, or this day isn't going the way I want it to be going. And that's okay. You know, I will be okay from this. And we get so tight and hold on to the reins so hard to make sure that our perfectionism stays and that our our great exterior is seen by everyone, that everything is awesome, 
that we hold on to that facade so hard that we miss out the growth that comes from being authentic, because that's where real growth comes, not from immediately knowing the answer or immediately knowing what I should do next. The growth comes from recognizing I don't know here, and I'm going to give myself a break around that, and I'm going to own the fact that I don't know where to go next, and I don't know the right way. So let me be honest and authentic and and ask for help if I need it or take a break if I need it or take some time to figure it out and ask for advice or ask for help or just pause here because there is no right way and I got to figure it out on my own and that's engaging in some messy work. Recently, I had someone say to me that I needed to stop using the word messy because it had such a negative connotation. And I kind of bristled because I love the phrase messy because I think that messy isn't negative. You know, when we think of pure joy sometimes and kids, it comes from them getting messy and playing with finger paints or getting in the mud and, and rubbing all over themselves, you know, like that. Messy is 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 where real joy comes in and real sorrow and all of it mixed there together in one giant mud bath of mess. And I think that's the marrow of life. That's what we're that's what we're going after here. You know, that's what we want to be accomplishing. So anyway I'll get off my rant here, but I really wanted to just, it has come up multiple times this week, the concept of having a right way and and what do I need to do next in order to live happier is a question I get a lot. And, and I want to say there is no A plus B plus C formula to living happier. I mean, I, wow, do I wish I could give you one and give myself one too, but there isn't one. It is just getting quiet, taking the pause, Remembering that we, it's okay that we don't know. Remembering that it's okay not to have the next step and giving ourselves a lot of compassion, compassion, compassion around that we're human and we're trying to figure this out and that's okay. So I hope that was helpful in just reframing some of this, these lessons we're learning in the Live Happier concepts and figuring out what's the best way. Okay, so now it's time for the segment of the show called the Weekly Ritual Challenge. One thing that has really helped me live happier is adding regular ritual practices to my daily life. So each week, I'm going to be sharing a ritual with you and challenging you to complete it. This week's is a repeat, I admit, but it's one that I think is so very valuable, and it is when you're at a stoplight, take three deep breaths. And, you know, breath work is one of those areas I know is good for me, and yet I struggle so hard to implement it into my life. And the more I study happiness and stress management, the more I can't avoid the power of the breath and the power that it, of the grounding that, that breathing gives us. So it is a repeat, but it's an easy way to introduce deep breathing into our lives, and I need the reminder every now and then. If stop light three deep breaths is not enough for you, you can check out a five-minute breathing exercise via Max Strom, S-T-R-O-M, and I'll leave that link on the show notes page, and you can click on that and check that out, because I think sometimes we need a little bit more in our lives than just three deep breaths at a stop sign. So that's the show. Thanks for listening. The Stories from a Quest to Live Happier podcast comes out every week. If you have any questions or insights or tidbits you want to share, please email me at nancyjane at live-happier.com. I absolutely love hearing from you. Or you can send me a tweet at nancyjane. And until next time, here's to living happier. Happier.